Welcome to episode 6 of Documentally On Podcasting. My name is Christian Payne, Documentally Online, and in this episode we are exploring how to manage your recordings and, with the help of a couple of friends, I'll be giving you an intro to editing. Yes, we shall have guests. Mark, Manoli and Patrick have kindly sent me some tips and tricks and I shall sporadically drop them into the episode in an attempt to give you a break from my ramblings. Some of the things we will cover are how to organise and archive your recordings, finding the best editing app for your needs, how to tighten your audio but keep it real, and where to cut and how to mix. So, let us begin. And now, a personal favourite of mine, stay right here for another instalment from Documentally. Once you have your recordings backed up to your hard drive, come up with some naming rules. I like to have a folder for each project. That folder might be named with the podcast episode number or title. Inside the folder, I'll have the raw and edited audio. Each file will have a descriptive title and the date of recording. At the front of the file name, I'll have the rough order of capture. So for example, 001 underscore ambient street sound 0405 2020. So that's 001 because it was the first thing I recorded. Ambient street sound is the sound that's being recorded. And 0405 2020 is the UK naming convention for May the 4th, 2020. And then maybe 002 underscore door opening and walk to office underscore 0405 2020 and so on. In the same folder, I like to add other digital assets, any notes or photographs taken as well. This folder is then backed up and a copy will sit on my desktop waiting to be edited, sometimes for months. Once edited, I will also drop the project file and the finished podcast into the folder for archive. Have a think about your naming convention. It doesn't have to be the same as mine, but once you have one, try to stick to it. So, you have all your recordings where you can find them and you're ready to edit. The type of software you're going to use is down to your personal preference. Sometimes we are recommended something, learn it and then stick with it forever. Once we've got one that works, we might then be a little reluctant to learn new platforms. I'd recommend having a look around first. There's quite a few similarities between how the software packages work and some people find it easy to switch from one to another. Perhaps take a look at some of the workflows on YouTube and see if anything takes your fancy. Some platforms to take a look at might include Audacity, which is open source, free to use and available for most computers. GarageBand, free with most Apple computers with a simple interface, that's what I use when I started out. Hindenburg, not free, but simple, stable and easy to learn. Reaper, an affordable, fully-fledged digital audio workstation and something I would really like to get my head around. Pro Tools, known as the industry standard and although not cheap, there is a free version called Pro Tools First. Adobe Audition, which is a comprehensive cloud-based toolset and a part of the Adobe Creative Cloud. There are many more, but I will finish with Ferrite my personal favourite, but it's only available on iOS. Although these apps are feature-rich and capable of so much, all you need to concern yourself with now is editing, mixing and exporting your podcast-friendly file format. 
Here are a few editing tips from audio wrangler Mark, a.k.a. MC Fontaine. I'm MC Fontaine. I'm a freelance podcast producer and have been for the last 10 years. And here's a few audio editing tips. The first is actually a tip before you edit. If you're recording, then make sure you always have a pair of headphones on and monitor everything because you can hear a problem then and you don't have to fix it later. As for editing tips, when you do your cuts, always make sure you cut on a rising zero crossing point. So you have a line that goes down the middle of the file. Your waveform goes up and down, crossing that line all the time. As it's coming up and crosses a zero crossing point, that's where you want to do your edit and they'll be clean then. Next is, if you can, try and find a piece of silence or just a bit of background noise, a second, two seconds, and keep that to one side. It will come in really handy if you need to replace where there's a loud breath or there's a sudden noise in the background that you need to get rid of in a gap. Really handy to have one of those ready to drop in. Next, normalisation. If you've got more than one voice or a number of elements, you need to make all of the different parts the same overall volume. The best way to do that is using a tool like normalisation. And if you're doing a number of episodes, pick a volume and stick to it for all of them. So if you decide to do the first one at minus 3 dB, do them all at that. And finally, when it comes to any tools you're using, don't push it too hard to start with. Noise reduction, do it minus 12 dB. If you do things too harshly, you'll start getting digital artefacts and it will just sound awful. So do smaller amounts and more of them. Good luck. Thanks, Mark. So let's now dive into editing. When you start out, it's worth noting that the time it takes you to edit might be five times the final length of your finished podcast. You'll be able to bring this down with practice as you hone your workflow. The style of your podcast may well decide your editing style. Loose and conversational will need some editing, but less than something tight and fast-paced. You tighten your audio by listening to the dialogue and taking out long silences, repetition, excessive ums and ahs and any content you feel is unnecessary. I prefer to do the least amount of editing possible, only enough to clarify points being made. Breathing is natural and too much editing can take out some of the facets in the dialogue that give you a sense of what the person is like and how they think. Too much editing can also twist somebody's words to have another meaning. As we heard from Mark, where you make the cut is important. If you make your edit mid-breath, it will be obvious and jarring to the listener. When trimming and removing sections, always edit at the beginning of a sound. It's hard to explain this in words and no pictures, but it should become clear when you have your audio waveform in front of you. So you should be chopping your section, moving the audio along to reconnect the dialogue and repeating as you move through the edit. This sounds slow and cumbersome, and it is until you find your workflow. Remember to listen back and that the undo button is your friend. If you can't hear where your edit is, great job. If you can, undo and try it again. Practice makes perfect. Let us now hear from Manoli Moriarty about comping, improving the sound of your audio in post and adding music. Hello everyone, this is Manoli Moriarty. I'm a composer, lecturer in music recording and performance and the owner of a very Mediterranean accent. Today I'd like to share with you four tips on improving the sound of your podcast from processing your voice recordings to finding and editing free music. Number one, comping. 
Comping is a process of compiling a perfect voice recording by editing several takes. The process is the same whether you use tablet apps or a fully-fledged audio workstation on a computer. Layer your takes on separate channels, making sure the first word of each take is aligned, then listen which sections have the best articulation and inflection, and simply delete the rest. This also gives you an opportunity to adjust the rhythm and gaps between each section, or delete any filler words that may distract from the dialogue's flow. Once you're happy with your comp, render it as a single file and apply normalization, which will increase the overall level of your voice before you apply further processing. Number two, compression. A good voice recording depends on having consistent loudness. Compressor plugins provide this consistency by reducing signal loudness beyond a certain threshold. Set the compressor's threshold dial to match the level of the quietest part of your recording and then adjust the ratio dial so the level of the loudest parts are reduced enough. Make sure to observe the compressor's meters as they show you the levels of the loudest and quietest parts of your recording, thus helping you to find the ideal threshold and ratio values. Number 3. Equalization Equalizers can be used to provide better clarity in your recording by increasing or decreasing the signal's energy in specific frequency ranges. For example, any energy below 80 to 100 Hz will only make your voice sound boomy. To remove that frequency range, select the high-pass curve in your equalizer and increase the frequency until such boominess goes away. The most important frequency range for voice is between 1 to 4000 Hz. If you feel your voice sounds a bit muddy, use a bell curve set around that range to increase the gain between 1 to 5 dB. If you find yourself having to make dramatic equalizer adjustments to get a decent sound, it might be worth making another recording. Number 4. Free music Nowadays, we're truly spoiled for choice when looking for free music, with many online libraries offering thousands of ready-made tracks. However, it is important you read the terms and conditions on what each composer allows you to do with their work. Examples of online resources include Filmstro, Ben Sound, and my personal favourite, Free Music Archive. The track you're listening here was produced by Andrew Coldman, who made it available on Free Music Archive with an attribution license, meaning anyone can use and modify the song as long as the original creator is mentioned. Thanks, Andrew. So this is it for me. These tips can help you to improve the sound of your podcast and make you sound like a confident and articulate presenter. Now, you just need to find something interesting to talk about. If you want to check some of my own work, visit manolimoriati.com. Thanks, Manoli. The link is also in the notes. Once you have your dialogue down, you might want to add in sound effects or music. When adding extra tracks and layering your audio, it's imperative that all your sounds have a volume relevant to their importance in the mix. Move through your edit, listening to ensure the dialogue is clear and understandable, and the other audio elements are doing what they have to. The sound effects might be colouring a scene and the music driving the mood and emotion. If need be, shift things around to fit the music. Once you feel you've cracked the final mix, leave it for a moment and then return to it and give it one last focus run through. Close your eyes if you feel you might be able to focus better on your work. This is the point when you're in danger of getting really precious. If there is nothing glaringly bad, you're good to go. All that's needed now is for you to export to an MP3 for your podcast feed and an uncompressed high resolution file for your archive. Here are a few more tips from Patrick Perdue. Greetings, everyone. My name is Patrick Perdue, and I've been editing podcasts for about the last 10 years or so. So I thought I would drop a few tips of things that work for me and that hopefully will work well for you. Some of these are stylistic choices, others are convenient, and yet others are not necessarily either. 
One thing I like to do when editing dialogue is to not necessarily make straight cuts. And what I mean by this is, let's say I need to remove an uh or an um or any number of other things of that nature. One thing that I like to do is to find a tiny little bit of silence if it exists on either side and move it over or overlap a little bit so that there's just a couple of milliseconds of crossfading between samples. This ensures that you don't have the bad zero crossing effect and it also makes things a little smoother. Let me give you a small example. This is a uh, sentence. Okay, I'm gonna do two edits of this. The first is a straight cut. This is a sentence. The second is a tiny, tiny little bit of crossfade, moving the right just a little bit over to the left so that it overlaps ever so slightly. This is a sentence. The difference is extremely subtle, but it's effective in my opinion. When tracking multi-subject podcasts or interviews, I like to pan the individual subjects out in the stereo field a little bit. Not enough so that there's a huge hole in the center, and not using effects that would make it mono-incompatible because you never know how people are listening. Another thing I like to do is to use a tiny, tiny little touch of reverb when these are spaced out. Not enough to be noticeable on its own, but just enough to be kind of a diffuser, sort of glue things together. Here's an example from one of my previous podcasts. And it was so yeah. good for Lisa's interviews to be interrupted at ACB instead of my interviews to be interrupted at <laughs> ACB. <by laughs> hey, yeah. that's always fun. I mean, I, you know what? Maybe next year I'll have that chance again. It was a lot of fun. One thing that really bugs me is sometimes people remove silence automatically with no regard to spacing or timing. This creates a very awkward and unnatural flow and makes everything seem like a big run-on sentence. In one of my earlier podcast editing jobs, I had to undo such edits just so I could make it sound more natural. But what's even worse, and fortunately I don't see this so much in the podcast space, is when people automatically cut out the silence, but then make phrasing overlap. This is very common with YouTube videos, where a bunch of information has to be presented in an extremely short amount of time. I don't know what the technical name of this is, but I just call it annoying. I'm very particular about mouth noises. I don't like them in my podcasts. I figure if I notice them, other people will as well. Not having them in the source in the first place is a great way to not have them in your podcasts. I have various ways of dealing with that, but I would rather not. Which leads me to another point. Get everything as clean as you can at the source before you apply any processing. There are some wonderful and very amazing tools out there. As a friend once told me, an ounce of processing is worth a pound of playback. In other words, getting things as clean as they can from the source before you start playing around with gates, compressors, noise reduction, etc., so on and so forth will save you time, CPU cycles, and aggravation. So those are just a few tips from here, and I hope they're useful for someone. Thanks for listening. Wonderful. Thank you, Patrick. And thanks also to MC Fontaine and Manoli Moriarty. I will include the links to where you can find or maybe even hire these guys in the show notes. If I had the budget, I'd hire guys like this so I could just focus on capturing content. That's the bit I love best of all. I'll also include a video of my favourite editing app in action in the show notes. After watching that, things should be even clearer. So, with levelled and finished MP3 in hand, this is the easy bit for me. At time of recording, I use Substack to host my podcast. So I just open Substack in the browser, upload my file and add a title and some text. Substack gives me RSS and I'm happy with that. I'm catering for a niche community and I'm not too bothered about the numbers, but they do offer stats and analytics. They don't charge for hosting, but make their money taking a small percentage of the subscription fee that I charge. I imagine most will want 
as many to hear their podcast as possible. They might also want more detailed metrics, like who listened for how long and where they are. There are so many podcasting hosts to choose from. I've not found anything as easy to use as Substack, but most of them will ensure you appear in the main podcast directories. Take a look at Audioboom, Blueberry, Buzzsprout, Libsyn, Podbean, Simplecast, Soundcloud, Spreaker and Transistor, just to name a few. I'll drop some of the links in the show notes. So that's it. Thanks again to Mark, Manoli and Patrick. There's also some music that I've used from Freaky Fwoof. I'll include a link to him as well. My bits of this podcast were recorded during the COVID-19 lockdown of 2020 in my shed. I used the Zoom H6 and a Rode NT4. I edited it in ferrite on a first edition iPad Pro. If you would like all of my writings, links, curation and audio, please subscribe to the Documentally email dispatch at documentally.com forward slash subscribe. If you know someone who might need some podcasting guidance, please let them know about my workshops and consultation, which can be found at documentally.com. Or perhaps point them to the series. If these episodes have inspired you to podcast, please let me know. Next week, we shall be back to my usual semi-edited audio moments and actuality. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Take care. Over to you. Documentally. <laughs>